You're listening to the Lifestyle Way podcast where we talk about nutrition, fitness, life, you name it. And we talk about it. I got Ashton here with me. Ashton, what's going on? Hello. Just happy to be here. Happy day. to be here. Yeah. Two it days is in a great row day. Of podcast. We yes. had like just such a great day yesterday and we're so excited for this today. Yes. We've got another, we've got another special show down the pipeline for you. Um, we've got a guest on today's show all the way from California and she is on the show here. Kara, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, sister. Hey, well, I'm happy to be here, Ashley and Ashton. I am West Coast, but I'm actually up in Washington, not California. Oh, what the hell? Yes, what I, I get? Oh, I think I thought it was California. That's my fault. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, we'll get it right. We'll get yeah. it right. Okay, so Washington. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, this is so freaking cool to have someone like you, and I know you're going to introduce yourself in just a second, on this podcast because I cannot tell you when I look at my when you know when I look at the the views and the listens listens not views um when I look at the the listens in the podcast this is our hottest topic you know anything that relates to hormones anything that relates to metabolism menopause Hashimoto's all of that because it can be such a complex thing or maybe it doesn't have to be such a complex thing and we are going to find out Mm -hmm. we're going to unpack it we're going to make sure that you know we get all of your burning questions answered today and who knows we might do a part two (laughs) (laughs) if you're good with that Kara we'll see we'll see we'll see how the show goes so Kara tell me tell me about yourself how what do you do what's your stats you know how did you get into this and how did we land um on on this on this show today talking together. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Kara Merrick. I'm a functional medicine nurse and the owner of Merrick Functional Wellness. I guess you could say I'm kind of like a nurse turned wellness advocate. Okay. So my my journey started in conventional medicine working at Seattle Children's Hospital. Um so that was a really intense world of you know pediatric acute care. I'm sure. That was my day to day was like you know, running codes and doing staffing and all of those things that kind of come with uh, acute care. But more and more, I started noticing how we, like we meaning conventional medicine, like we were stuck in a cycle of like the quick fixes and the band-aids that were helping the symptoms, but not addressing, you know, why the symptoms were coming up. Um, And a lot of those times, those band-aids were causing other issues that weren't discussed with the patients. Maybe the doctors didn't even know about the impacts that they were having that were causing other problems. Um, So like, here's a good example. So there was exactly one doctor in the entire hospital who was talking to their patients about like nutritional considerations. So anything about diet, there was one doctor that was talking to their patients about it in terms of like treating GI problems. Mm -hmm. And he was notable. He was like, oh, there's that doctor. So like- that represents the problem for me. And that's not, it wasn't in alignment with how I felt healthcare should be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the big turning point came when I had my daughter, I had her in February of 2020. Mm-hmm. So that 
I mean, it forced me to step back from my career for a couple reasons, you know, having a brand new baby for the first time mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. Even so in, everything... in 2020? Oh, in 2020, I know. You really, you really got your eyes opened up, you know, because yeah. just, just having kids alone just makes you way more aware of things. Yeah. And, then it, and then it even was even worse in 2020. So you and I, I didn't know that you and I both have a three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. Continue on. Sorry. Yeah. No, no problem. So anyways, that like kind of forced me to take a step back and really reevaluate, like, is this hospital a place where I want to go back to? And is there something that might better align? Because now like all options were open. There was, you know, a set of circumstances where they, like the hospital wasn't super willing to work with with me on coming back to the hospital and stuff. So, um, so I really had like all options open. Right. And then that's when I pivoted to functional medicine. It kind of like, it, it was dinging all the bells. It's like, this is what I should be doing. So I took the time and studied at the top two functional medicine schools. And then I started a business where I could feel like I was impacting real change and like, and you wouldn't get, almost, I don't want to say reprimanded, but almost like Are you there, Ashley? I can't hear you anymore. Like, took it a step forward and and, and got into um, functional medicine as well. Ashley, you cut, you cut out there for like 20 seconds. I missed all oh, of what you were saying Oh, did I? Okay. Well, what, well, <laughs> yeah. what I, what I went, just continue on. I don't even know what I said <laughs> even made any sense. So keep, keep, keep going, keep going. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess why I want to be here talking about this and why I love talking about it so much is because I see that people want to be the leaders of their own health and, mm-hmm in a lot of ways, like, especially in the hospital, but that's just a representation of the kind of system as a whole. It's still really, you know, doctor down focused. And that's not what people want. I think that people want to take more charge of their health and they want to understand what factors are influencing their health. Right. Right. So would you say though, that, would you say that, you know, when you said, I think that, you know, people want to take charge of their own health. I love that. But I also feel like that can be very scary for, for a lot of people, you know, because Mm -hmm. if, if, you know, me a few years ago, like, oh man, and we could, we could go down a rabbit hole with this one, but just like me, just (laughs) a few years ago, I, you know, I fully trusted that, my kids pediatrician had their best interests and I just kind of just let them, you know, Mm -hmm. take charge, take charge in a way. You know what I mean? Like I would step in with with some things and things like that. But now like, I just, I just feel like I am questioning everything. Mm -hmm. Like, do Mm -hmm. they, do they really have our best interests? Are they really wanting Mm -hmm. us to be healthy? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or are they just wanting to sure. slap an antibiotic on you and, or, you know, insert whatever, you know, thing yeah. you can imagine on you just to get another buck, yeah. you know, yeah. and to kind of not keep you 
I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that they want to keep you, keep us sick, but I definitely would say that, I mean, they don't really want us to get better in a way and, and figure out that yeah. we can actually take care of this on our own. Right. You know, like it, it, it it's more, um, dependent thinking mm-hmm. or no, wait, mm-hmm. it's more independent thinking. And then a lot of people dependent think and, and the more that we can get the word out there, like. Hey, let's let let let's let's change our lifestyle first and see mm-hmm. how that how that's gonna go before we need to take it any step further, right? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of took the same journey as you did, um, where I was, you know, a big proponent of like trusting the doctors. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think that most doctors out there, I really think that they think they're doing the best thing that they can, and this, right. and they're using yeah. all of the tools in their toolkit to best help their patients. I don't think there's very many people out there that are actively wanting to like suppress their patient's health, but it's just, this is what they're taught in medical school. I'm intense. Maybe I may, I'm a little too intense. And maybe I'm like, oh, hell, <laughs> screw these guys. You know, no. <laughs> no, I've definitely gone through phases like that too. But, you know, I try to keep coming, coming back yes. to like, you no, know. No, you're right. You're right. Well, well, it, it's, you know, my thought process on this is like, you know, doctors know how to treat sick people, you know, what you yeah. say, or like, like really sick people, but yep. not, they yeah. don't really know what to do with healthy people or people who are, might be on the verge of going past unhealthy, but really, they're really good with, with helping people who really, really are truly very, very sick. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what this conventional medicine has done really well is, you know, monitoring for those parameters of like, this is when you actually do need the, this, you know, safety net of the medications or something, Mm -hmm. but you're right in that they don't, they can't see the factors that are pushing them there. And until you cross that threshold, they kind of view it as like, not a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Which isn't actually the case, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can, we now can see the path that that you're going on and there is ways to reverse the path. So, you know, just from hearing just a small piece of your journey and like how you got started in this and like, you know, where you wanted to change avenues and, and seeing that there, that there, you know, there is definitely a need for this and for more mm-hmm. people like you in the world. It's just a breath of fresh air, truly. Like, cause mm-hmm. I honestly, I didn't do any research on you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, Instagram stalk you or anything like, so I didn't <laughs> know anything about you. Um, and so I was a little bit, I was like, oh gosh, you know, I got to thinking before the podcast started, I was like, oh gosh, you know, like, I hope we have the same beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> interesting if we don't but hey you know I'm yeah up for, I'm up for you know um um differences like you know yeah, we, can yeah. All, we can all have that but honestly just hearing what you're saying is is whoo that's mm-hmm. such a breath of fresh air and it needs to be talked about it mm-hmm. needs to be unpacked um yeah okay so so you have your own business I do okay yeah. what and what does that look like so right now I'm just working one-on-one with clients because okay. that's where I, I feel like right now I can make the most impact. Um, but in the future, I'd like to do group classes and stuff because I think that there is some value in hearing from others' experiences too. And sometimes, you know, if you're in a group session with somebody, they might ask a question that you didn't think about and stuff like that. So yeah. right now I work one-on-one because medicine should be personalized. Uh-huh. Um, and 
Yeah, that's where I focus my time. And so what what are the majority of your clients coming to you for? So a lot of my clients are coming with symptoms of metabolic syndrome or, you know, things like high blood pressure, maybe their cholesterol levels are off, you know, kind of some of the things that they're on medications for and feel like they could be doing more for. Um, and then there's another facet of my clients that are really looking to optimize health. Yeah. So those would be more people like you and me, like we don't have any you know, chronic health issues, but we know that there's things that we can be doing proactively yes. that are going to help us age better. They're going to uh -huh. give us better energy right now. They're going to increase our resilience to, you know, injuries and, and um, illness in the future. So those are kind of the two facets of clients that I see. Yeah, cool. that's, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, this is kind of going to be like a double, a double question. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yes, and then uh, detailed. So do you believe that there are doctors out there who women are just coming, coming in just because, you know, they're noticing that their energy is off. They're noticing mm -hmm. that, you know, they're putting on weight, um, way, way easier than it used to be. You know, like they're noticing that they have yeah. to work harder. Um, they're noticing, you know, some skin stuff, some hair stuff. And, 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 but most of the time it's, it's women going to a doctor because they just all of a sudden put on a ton of weight and they can't mm -hmm. really explain it, you know? So do you notice, have you, and I, and I, do you think that most doctors are very quick to just put a woman on hormone medication um, and not even talk about their lifestyle first before there's medication. Yeah. And I think that's why I have a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I will tell you though, that is, that's the hard route though. Like that's not a route mm -hmm. that a lot of people are willing to take, you know, we, like we all yeah. want a pill. Yeah. Like, we, we all want a we pill. All we all want a quick fix. Yep. And, and, yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, even I do, do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it, I, that would be cool, but like, we've got to be a little bit smarter than that and say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to learn anything from this. I'm not oh. going to change, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change. Um, I'm not going to appreciate it if this pill fixes all my problems right. or, you know what I mean? And that, and that was, yeah. And Kara, a little even like yeah, we and Ashley like, were really excited for this for like different reasons. You yes, know, like yes. so it's so multifaceted having you on here and just really appreciate it. And like a little of my backstory in the last six months, six no mm -hmm. year. It's year. Been, yeah. Year. Um, I so in Jan in this past January, I experienced a miscarriage. And then throughout that, I reached out to a functional medicine doctor. And it has been so enlightening because, you know, a lot of times you hear, and this was even words I received from either, you know, just, just different people I was talking to that just to, you know, to try again. And, and I wanted to dig a little deeper um, yeah. and just to see where my overall health was. And it was very enlightening. I mean, I've been, you know, doing this lifestyle for a couple of years, but there were some things that I needed to supplement with, you know, mm -hmm. by talking to a professional like you. Um, and yeah. it's just been really, really cool to, to hear and to learn, you mm -hmm. know, instead of, cause there are other, I found out I had Hashimoto's 
um, mm-hmm. and hypothyroid and just, you know, a couple different things. And I'm so grateful to, you know, have not been just given a medication um, and yeah. really been taught like different foods to cut out and that kind of thing. So that's a little backstory on me of just like appreciating you and what you do so much because <laughs> I know it's the same realm I would have, you know, gone down with you. So just thinking yeah. of preaching the, uh, the, the health gospel, mm-hmm. as we might say. <laughs> yeah, make it, make it make sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for sharing your story, Ashton. That's, uh, I'm glad to hear that you got some some good insights out of working with a professional. One of the things too is that conventional doctors miss. So sometimes they'll, they'll put you on a medication for it. But a lot of times, like especially with thyroid, they'll check one marker, which is TSH. Mm-hmm. And if it's normal, regardless of what's actually going on, then they'll, mm-hmm. they'll miss a thyroid di- diagnosis. Right. So, and that can cause a lot of other downstream issues too. So anyways, we can move. Yeah. No, and I know we have questions covering that, but I just want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get more into that for sure. Yeah. But what, I mean, so what's also cool about your story though, too, is that you really didn't have, you were, you were, you were being, you were brilliant with the basics, you know, like you mastered the basics, like you were doing everything that you needed to do from a foundation standpoint, from a lifestyle standpoint Mm -hmm. to where Mm -hmm. you didn't really show any symptoms other than, other than your miscarriage. Do you know what I mean? And so that, but that miscarriage led you to dig a little bit deeper and find out what was going on, Yeah, you know? And, and, but I mean, I think that that's, I, that kind of leads into like my, my next question is like, you know, do you believe that by mastering the basics of like, you know, just having a better lifestyle and building a solid foundation keeps most of those symptoms at bay. Absolutely. So that's always, always, always where I start Mm. is with the basics because you can't hang the pictures until you build the foundation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I Um, love that. (laughs) So, okay. So what, so, so, so let, let's go into this because like I, I mean, we are a very firm believer in that. Like, hey, let's let's start here. You know, like let's start with learning about food and making sure that we're eating enough and eating of the eating enough of the right things. Let's make sure that we're moving our ass. Let's make sure that we're yeah. drinking enough water. Let's start there. Like, literally, let's start there first and see how that works out before we yeah. want to add anything else to it. Um, yeah. So what does, what does your basics look like? Um, so it's, I kind of put it up into like five different categories of like, I call them the skills of what we can do. Um, it's sleep and relaxation. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, um, this is exor- great because like, you know, I, I'm a very intense person. Like I, I'm more of like a, an action, like let's, you know, let's do nutrition. Let's, you know, let, let's move our body. And so this is even good for me yeah. to look at because, I mean, I know sleep's important and I, and I do prioritize that. Like I'm very structured with that, but it's not the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, yeah. like when I think about let's master the basics. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> how, how, many, how many hours of sleep do you recommend for the average bear? 
So, I mean, it's, it's kind of the standard seven to nine hours. Everyone has a little bit of um, individualization. So like my husband actually does really well on like six hours of sleep. I do better with eight, eight and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and actually the using the aura ring or a sleep tracker did mm -hmm. help illuminate some of those things. Cause what I learned from that is that I was actually spending a little too much time in bed. So I was in bed for nine hours and that was really? actually decreasing my sleep quality. So kind of what happens is in that instance is like my brain gets a little bit lazy. It's go it goes like, ah, we've got time to get that deep sleep. And then it, so it kind of procrastinates into a point of the night where it can't quite dip into that deep restorative sleep. So no way that, that <laughs> yeah. blows my mind. Cause that's me. That's yeah. me. I, Matt, my husband He's like, Ashley, you're sleeping too much. And I'm like, I, yeah. don't think I, I don't think I am because I'm so waking up tired, you know? And he's like, yeah. Ashley, if we go to bed at 830 and we wake up at 630, he's like, that's 10 hours. And I'm like, <laughs> but I don't feel like it's enough, you know? And so yeah. that's, that, that's so interesting because there will be some nights that I go to bed a little bit later and I stress about it. But then yeah. I wait, I'll wake up at like freaking 5 a.m. ready to go. That was me this morning. Yeah. So I went to sleep later than usual last night and woke up this morning. I was ripping raring. So yeah, exactly. So, so how did you, you figure should... that? How did you figure that out for yourself? Did you start going to bed a little bit later or waking up a little bit earlier? Yeah, I mean, I go, I kind of go on these tangents of doing deep dives into topics. And um, I got the aura ring just because I was curious. I, like, I felt like I had a pretty good, I, I was honed in pretty well on all of the things. And then as soon as I got that, I started doing a deep dive into actually Matthew Walker, which I'm not sure if you've heard of him or not, but he's like the number one um, sleep expert, like leading yeah. in the field. Okay. So I did a deep dive into him and some other experts. And he was the one that brought this up and I gave it a try, saw the results. Like I felt better. I was waking up earlier with more energy, just like you guys were saying. And I was seeing it tracked on my aura ring that I was getting a better quality sleep. So I was getting more of that deep restorative sleep. Wow. Well, I know what I'm going to ask for Christmas. Me too. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> aura <laughs> ring is not a sponsor, but maybe they should be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and doesn't the aura ring, that also tracks like your if you're ovulating, too. you're ovulating and stuff. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it tracks your cycles, it tracks your basal metabolic rate, which is a really good um, marker to have too, because, you know, the amount of nutrients you need changes day to day, and it'll tell you, like, how much you needed that day. So that was another kind of value point that I got from it. Yeah. And then I took a break from it for a little while, I like to kind of do these things in pulses. But after I took a break from it, they also introduced a, like a stress, stressometer kind of feature. Oh, so I'm behind. <laughs> <laughs> we're both we're both looking like we have stank yeah, right now. We both know we're telling on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but that just helps highlight like maybe the times of day where you could you should take like even just five minutes and do some yes. breath work or something to kind of reset your nervous system so that you can better, you know, digest your food, you can use your brain better and just kind of kind of counter uh, counter some of those effects of having high stress I, I all day. I would really like to just be like Oprah right now and give everyone an aura ring. Yeah, I know, me ring. too. You know what, everybody listening, everybody listening gets an aura ring. Yeah, yeah look under your chins. Um, okay, so, okay, so your basics, like what you start your clients off with is, hey, 
let's let let's get a hold of our sleep let's take a look at that let's dive into that let's make sure that we've got some sort of sleep routine and see what that looks like right yeah so that's one of the things we went a little bit on a tangent there but we did we did that's okay we're we're listen that's how we ride so like if you're with me then then we're with you okay okay. yeah um so okay so sleep is, is 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 the first one yeah, if I can go back to that tangent for one second too. Yes, please. Just to relate to relate sleep back to hormones. Sleep is a critical time where your hormones find balance. That's the time when your blood pressure regulates itself. It's the time when your liver regenerates and rests. So um, don't discount sleep, especially yes. when it comes to hormone health, but like overall health um, for your brain, for your heart, for your organs. Mm-hmm. Like sleep is is crucial for all those reasons. And I know like, we all know that sleep's important, but it's sometimes helpful to hear the reasons why it's important. It abs it it absolutely is. Like I yeah, that's that that's amazing that you mentioned that because we need we need a lot of people to hear that. Yeah. You know, even yeah. myself. Yeah. You know, just to just to just to remember that. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely not gonna sleep as long anymore. As yeah, long. give it a try and see if it <laughs> if that's the key that, that works for you. <laughs> okay. All right. So sleep. And then, and then you had said, what's so the second one? Exercise and movement is the second one. And okay. these are not in any particular order. These right, are just sure. the five levers, but where we start depends on the person and kind of where the lowest hanging fruit is for how, what's going to help them feel better. So yeah, sleep is one exercise and movement is another one. Now, Um, when you say, let's talk about that for just a second. When you say exercise and movement, exercise means lifting up something heavier than your body weight, right? Like, you know, lifting some dumbbells, some sort of strength training type of a deal. Of course, it depends on the level of the person, you know, because Mm -hmm. there might be someone who's never exercised before in their life and their body weight is enough weight for them to start out with. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually it would, it would be it would be in, um, you know, in your favor to eventually work up to grabbing a pair of dumbbells or a barbell or something like that. Correct? Definitely. Yeah. It okay. matters pretty heavily where you're starting from and what the circumstances are. So if you're dealing with things like adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue, then doing that heavy like hit is not the right time to do that. That's going to be more stress and it's actually going to work against you. So you want to make sure that you understand what's going on in your body and fit your exercise to kind of like to meet the needs of of where you are right now and continue to move forward. So in right. a perfect world, you know, you want to prevent injuries first and foremost because that's the like the number one thing that's going to set you back. Mm-hmm. Um, but also balancing what type of exercise you use. So like not over-indexing on any one thing. You want to get a good mix of like zone two cardio, um, strength training, HIIT, uh, you know, whether that's cycling, running, swimming, kind of mix it up as much as you can because that's going to keep the most balance in the most areas of your body that's going to help you for the long term. Okay. And so when you mean zone two, is zone two like going for a walk? It's, it's probably more like a brisk walk. So, okay. yeah, so it's, and, it's, and, see, we call that like intentional, like go for an intentional walk, like, yeah, exactly. a little bit, you know, like, yeah, don't, don't be walking with your sandals on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. do sometimes. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So, so what I do too, 
one of my favorite, well, I do on the bike. I, I have a Peloton, okay. so I use that for my zone too, but I also like to go rucking, which have you guys heard of that before? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so that's, that's another one of my favorite zone two workouts because you get that, you know, extra stress on your skeletal system. So you're building, you know, helping your bone density, but you're yeah. also, so it's like um, when I wear like, two. Mm-hmm. when I wear my weight, I wear a weighted vest, not every day, but, um, you know, I, I, if, if like I did like a easy, you know, we have like these things called consistency workouts where, you know, the workout is like 10 to 20 minutes and you can do it right there in your living room or in your garage. And cause you know, that's, that's a big thing for us is listen, like, I don't care what you do really for exercise, as long as it's, it's fun for you and you're able to do it mm-hmm. consistently. Cause to me, yes. you know, consistency is what, what, what bleeds results, you know? For and sure. so I want you the, the less, con- like, I love the way that, you know, you're talking about zone two and this and, and, it, it, you know, exercise and, you know, strength training or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember all the things that you said, but like, we like to like, keep it very, very basic. Like, Hey, whatever you, whatever's going to keep you consistent. That's what I want you to do. You know, we yeah. provide, we provide some, you know, some, some, we have a full strength training program. If you want to do that, and you can stay consistent with that. Awesome. But if not, like, you know, you can grab a pair of dumbbells and, and get your little, get your, you know, get your little workout on for 10 to 20 minutes. But if like, for example, going back to what I was going to say, um, you know, sometimes I'll do a 10 minute workout and I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I, I got some more in the tank. And so I'll throw my weighted vest on when I go and do my walk for that day, you know, that's yeah. like 30 minutes. But then there's sometimes where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I, I, I'm super stressed. Um, I didn't get much sleep last night or I'm very sore. Like I'm not going to throw a vest on. I'm just going to go for a nice and easy walk. So is that, is, are, am I doing that right? (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of letting, like, I mean, I think that there's a lot of common sense to this. If you just listen to your body, wouldn't you say? I, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a little bit of a lost skill of listening to your body. Yeah. Um, and it can go either way. Either you can kind of ignore your body and over push or, you know, say, oh, I'm kind of sore and, you know, maybe I shouldn't work out today and not do enough. I'm not accusing you of that, but just kind of right. as, no, as no, a, that, an no, example. You're totally right. Yeah. Um, so your yeah. body can lie to you too. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. even, even for me today, I walked to the gym and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I might just walk to the gym and literally do some stretches and walk back because I just kind of felt mm-hmm. tired mm-hmm. and yeah. I walked to the gym and just that walk alone, like fired things up for me. And I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do this workout. Yeah. You know, yeah. So <laughs> sometimes your body can lie to you. So maybe first at least start with a walk and kind of right. evaluate how you feel. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> going back to your question, yes, you're doing that right. But I did want to highlight one point too. Please. Yeah. Um, and it actually relates back to sleep. This is kind of coming full circle. If you get a poor night's sleep, like you were waking up a lot at night, it took you a long time to fall asleep, you wake up like just kind of feeling that tiredness, that means that your body is not going to respond to insulin very well. So you're going to be more insulin resistant in that state when you don't get a good night's sleep, um, which is going to leave you in a, like a higher stress state. You're going to be reaching for you know an extra cup of coffee, a little bit of sugar to kind of get get you up and going. Yeah, you can counteract that mechanism by doing like a, a higher intensity workout. So when you wake up really? in the morning, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I just didn't sleep that well, 
the worst, one of the worst things you can do is to not work out that day. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, no, what? I'm not kidding. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, crazy. So, Kara, and this has been, like, this has been pretty well measured now. Um, it, Cause you can, you know, measure the rate of insulin resistance, especially if you're wearing like a continuous glucose monitor. Um, and yeah, doing a, doing a good workout and kind of getting over that tiredness can, yeah. can reset your metabolism for the day. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Noted. That yeah. is like, that's like, that's like a golden nugget it right is. there. Um, you know, because I would, I would literally say the exact opposite. I know, I know, which is why I like to bring it up because it's so yeah. not intuitive, Yeah, but and super important. Another, another question we were thinking of was we get a lot and wanted to know your input about it um, of different workouts that you like different style of workouts that you do at different parts of your cycle. Oh, what do yeah. you think is that, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, there's definitely some merit to that. And I do, um, I do think about that when I'm planning my workouts too. So the first half of your cycle is, is estrogen dominant. Um, we might get into this a little bit later, but since we're here now, so estrogen no, and progesterone. I, honestly, I think that it ties into to this perfect because we're talking about exercise mm -hmm. right now. So yeah. Yeah. It's good. So I like to think of estrogen and progesterone as like two sisters that have vastly different personalities that both, like they each take the wheel at different times in your cycle. Uh -huh. So the first half is when estrogen's behind the wheel this, this is when you're like super outgoing, you're social, you want to go out at night, you want to, yes. you know, be out in the world. And then <laughs> the, the progesterone, yeah. <laughs> progesterone is like when you kind of just want to stay home, you want to read a book, you want to do calm things. And um, your body processes nutrients differently in that time. And your body has a better, has, is more adaptable to like harder workouts the first half of your cycle. So if you're going to do like an endurance workout or like super hard hit classes and stuff, the, the first half of your cycle is the best time to do it. It's when your body's most uh, able to do it and you're going to get the best performance. Mm -hmm. The second half of your cycle is going to be like, I like to do things, more things like yoga and Pilates and some more gentle exercises that really focus on slowing down and, mm -hmm. you know, working with the the level of progesterone that you've got and this is um, this is during your period or bef right before your period right before your period so okay. day one of yeah. your period is actually when estrogen starts to go up again so this is like yeah. the five to seven days like the the pms time is yes. when your progesterone yes. should be um, behind the wheel but like progesterone's main job is to rein in estrogen mm -hmm. so um the more we can do to support that the better and that looks like more like just easier things to where, you know, your, your goal is just to move and sweat. Like you're not trying to yeah. do a PR <laughs> or exactly. like, you know, go, go, go ham the workout, you know, go yeah. heavier and weights and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that movement as, isn't as important in the second half, but you're exactly right. Like if you're going hard for a PR, you're probably going to PR in like the first half of your cycle. Cause that's when your body's more apt to that kind of movement. So in the second half of your cycle, you might not be as apt to that. You might want to pay a little bit more attention if you are doing those types of workouts to making sure your form is right and making sure that you don't injure yourself by overextending for where your body is 
you know, at the time of that workout. Wow. Okay. And then, so then during your period, things kind of go somewhat back to normal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's when we can just kind of, you know, just do what we've been doing. Yeah. And of course that the actual period time looks a little bit different for everyone, but that is the time where estrogen starts to grow back up again. So you'll start to feel that more energetic, a little more outgoing, a little more ready to get in the gym. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Wow. This is very cool. This is so cool. Okay. So, um, I have, you know, I, I only learned a little bit about this in school. Um, but when, and, and we can, and I'd like to just kind of just talk about this because Mm -hmm. I, I really, really need my women to know how important strength training is. Okay. And, and by strength training, I mean by a consistency workout, like that's 10 to 20 minutes with a dumbbell or doing a strength training program, just lifting things with a progressive overload or just high reps of things. Um, you can only, you can only produce a certain hormone when you are doing that. You cannot produce it any other time other than when you are strength training. And, and now you, I just had a brain Are you talking about like what? growth hormone and testosterone? Yes. HGH. Yes. Thank you. Good grief. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what is it? What's the hormone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only graduated college like 15 years ago. So like, bear <laughs> with me here. Um, okay. So, okay. Yes. It, true or false? Like let's unpack that. Um, I mean, I know you can take some shots, like HGH shots. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't recommend that for most people. That can produces HGH when you are doing exercise with some weights. Um, I don't know specifically if that's the only way that your body produces HGH. I know that um, that sleep. <laughs> I'm going to come back to it again. Yeah, no, that's, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sleep is when. Um, is what supports the HGH release. Okay. So it's available for use. Um, and I, we know that muscles produce uh, some testosterone also, which yes. again, a little bit less intuitive, but it is really important for women to have appropriate testosterone levels too. Yeah. Um, even though we only have about a 10th as much as men, that some of the symptoms that we can be seeing of like low energy, low fatigue, you know, low libido, Um, Some of those can be linked back to low testosterone. So doing that strength training is going to build your muscles, which is going to help your hormone balance, which Mm -hmm. is going to help you feel more energetic. It's Mm going to, you know, help your bone density. It's got a direct impact on insulin sensitivity and, um, and your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to use energy more efficiently, and it's going to affect the way your body actually uses um, foods. So it's going to prefer using proteins and fats for energy over carbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So um, are you are you a big advocate for hormone health and just overall feeling better by promoting, like saying, hey, like eventually I want us to get consistently doing some type of strength. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, strength yeah. is is super super important not only for hormones but just for overall overall health and brain yeah. health, heart health, everything. 
Yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that, how it just, it just, it, 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 it takes it up a notch. Like you level up from a, from just an overall health standpoint, when we're, when we're consistently doing, doing a strength training program. Yeah. And it's, it's really important to, for women when you're thinking about aging. So especially like when you're young, you've got to build it up because there is the inevitability of decline. So when you're 60 or 70, it's going to be a lot harder for your body to build muscle mass, but those are going to be the things that are going to like prevent you from these chronic diseases. If you have good muscle mass, you've got a good shot at, at staving off things like Alzheimer's, insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. diabetes, cancers, it's, you know, whatever disease your genetics predispose you to, to the most, muscle mass is going to help, you know, push that off a little further. Yeah. Yep. So you've got to build up the reserve when you're younger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's still not too late, even if you are older, right? (laughs) It's never too late. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. We need our our listeners to hear that, you know, it's never too late. Like you can still build, you can still build that mass. Yeah. Even when you're 60, you know? Um, I actually it might not be yeah. as much as you, as you would have done it if you were 20, of course, but like yeah. you can still build, you can still build muscle even when you're 60 or 70. So yeah. it's, it's never, actually, it's never too late. I've just onboarded an 80 year old client who I'm getting started on a strength training routine. So Get yeah, literally out. never oh too God. late. Yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> that so much. Okay. All right. So back, back to, back to your basics. So we, we went over sleep. Um, we went over movement and exercise and then what's, what's the third one? Uh, nutrition and hydration and diet. Mm-hmm. Love this topic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah. what's your, what, what's your, what's your take on this? So this is a really big topic that I'm just going to yeah. boil down to some of the basics because we don't have all day. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yep. But we could, we could talk all day. <laughs> we could talk all day. <laughs> um, so thinking about getting, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet that are, is nutrient rich. So that's like cutting out the BS, the, you know, ultra processed foods that hijack your hormones. Um, it's it, eating a lot of those foods too, makes you, makes your cells hungrier. So because you're getting the calories, but the the cells aren't getting the nutrients it needs, it actually makes you hungrier in an attempt to get the nutrients that your cells need. Mm -hmm. So um, making sure that you're you're focusing on a whole foods diet that's nutrient rich, it's anti-inflammatory, and then I think that there is some supplementation that's necessary. I I like to be, I would... It would be a dream if we could get all of our nutrient needs from our food, but mm-hmm. the way food is now and the way our lives are now, it's not, yeah. um, not really realistic. So kind of the basic, uh, supplements I like to get my clients on are omegas for mm-hmm. sure. We mm-hmm. need to be getting our omega threes, um, a high quality multivitamin with methylated B vitamins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, vitamin D is really important. And then um, magnesium. So those are kind of my four, pretty much across the board. You should probably be on some level of supplementation with those four things. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So when you, you know, I I love the fact that you say like the supplement part, because, you know, I, like we always say, you know, in a, in a, 
perfect world, like we would love for you to eat whole foods all the time, but it just doesn't like, we've got to, at some point, like we have to be realistic and say, okay, like that's just not my lifestyle. I'm not always going to be sitting down eating this perfect, beautiful meal, you know, yeah. like with all these whole foods and, 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 and these good fats and like, it's just, it just doesn't work out that way. And so yeah. like, we have to supplement in order to fill in those gaps, you know? Um, so yeah. I, I, and I even love the, the plate... fact that you say that because sometimes I feel crazy because I'm like, listen, like it is what it is, you yeah. know, like I'm not yeah. trying to sell you on a supplement. Like it just, it is what it is. Like you can't, we, we just don't, we don't, we don't, our lifestyle these days is just go, 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 go. And we've got to fill in those gaps yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And even the, the food itself is a little bit less nutrient rich, like broccoli doesn't have as much vitamin C in it anymore. Oranges don't have as much vitamin C. Our soil's really depleted of magnesium. So the, the ways that we used to get enough magnesium in our diet, really more like our parents. Yeah. Um, but like, we just can't get it anymore because it's the foods don't have enough magnesium in them. Why the heck is that? Yeah. That's another rabbit hole <laughs> that has to do. Okay, part, part two, part two coming through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, okay. So tell me like if, you know, because I do, I do have a couple questions about nutrition and, you know, I, I would say that I'm definitely more, um, relaxed in a way. I'm also, I'm very structured, but I'm also a little bit more relaxed than even, than even Ashton is like, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in, um, and maybe it's just because I have a very strong mentality of like, if you tell me I can't, like, that's all I'm going to think about. <laughs> and, and that could be a yeah. good, that can be a good thing. And it all can also be a bad thing. Like with nutrition, it can be a bad thing. Like if you tell me I can't ever have lollipops again, like that's all I'm going to think about, you know, and I don't even yeah. eat freaking lollipops. Yeah. Um, but so I, 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 I like to have like, I don't know, like, and I feel like this is so, um, over talked about like the 80, 20, like, you know, the majority of our diet, like if we can keep the majority of our diet with whole foods and mm -hmm. good supplementation, the other 20% really doesn't like, it's not going to affect you as much as you think that it's going to affect you, you know, like by maybe having a cocktail, once a mm -hmm. week or, you know, maybe going out and having, you know, um, ice cream with your kids, um, you know, it, cause it's just inevitable. It's everywhere. And mm -hmm. so I feel like if we try to avoid it and that's a lot of times where, you know, we've seen like just our clients, like just get so like overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't have, when I start this, I can't have any of that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, we're going to work on just adding things into your diet. We're not taking anything away, you know? Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that? So I like to separate this kind of school of thought into if you're in the healing phase, like the heal versus sure. ideal. Yes. So yes. if you're in the healing phase, you know, granted that should be a, a time limited thing, but there might be a time where you need it to be more like 95% of the time where you're doing the right yes. thing so that your body can come into balance. Once your body's in balance, then you can go back to the 80-20. That's what I do right now because yeah. like there's a certain amount of joy that comes with mm -hmm. having a cocktail with your friends yeah. or, you know, having the, the 
whatever the pie that your grandma always makes at Christmas time. Like mm -hmm, there's a certain mm -hmm. amount of joy and value you can get from those types of things that if you completely cut it out, you might be, you know, limiting some of your wellness in a different way. Yeah. No, I love the way that you just said that, yeah, Kara. Like, because I mean, there are so many different walks of life or just a lack of a better word, but like there's different levels when people come to you that we might need to do the 95, well, you know? Yeah. Basically the beginning of the year, that's what I kind yeah. of had to yeah. do for yeah. about three months. Just to get yeah. that like fully under control for your mind to know that like your body is ready for a baby, right, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like that's, that's, that's beautiful the way, the way that you put that. You're, you're amazing. Um, <laughs> anything else that you wanted to add to that? Um, not off the top of my head. Okay. No, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. So I have another question. One more about nutrition. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on like carbohydrates and hormones? Because I know that that is a big one that a lot of people think that if they eat carbs, that it's going to mess their hormones up. And that's why they're in this, in this, the first place when, yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you take that one. Sure. So the, the answer is it depends, right? It depends mm -hmm. on the amount of carbs. It depends on what you're eating with it. It depends on the health of your um, insulin sensitivity. But people are, are getting this from the idea that, I think, that um, blood sugar imbalances are kind of mm -hmm. the top of the hierarchy in the hormonal cascade. So mm -hmm. if your blood sugar is out of balance, then your body doesn't have time. It like pushes all the other hormones to the side until it gets your blood sugar back in balance. Because having a, a your blood sugar dysregulated, your body sees it as kind of a life or death thing, right? If you go hypoglycemic, if your blood sugar drops too low, then you're you've got to you know start looking for food before you pass out, right? If uh -huh. your blood sugar goes too high, you know excess glucose in your bloodstream is toxic. So it's got to work to clean it all up before you know, it damages some other cells and stuff. So that's where people think um, that they're getting this idea that like carbs are going to, you know, hurt me. Uh -huh. um, so blood sugar regulation is one of, is the very first thing I have people get under in check um, before we move on to the, any of the other hormone things, because it, that's how your body works too. And, you know, how, how do you, how are you going to, um, you know, stabilize your blood sugar levels and get them in a, in a good place? Because the route that we always go is like, hey, eat your protein, eat, a rec eat your recommended amount of protein a day, and that stabilizes yeah. everything. Yeah, that's super important for a lot of different reasons. But <clears throat> um, it's also eating fat, fiber, and protein with every meal and snack. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're going to have something with protein, also have something with, with fiber and fat in it. If you're going to eat a cookie, eat, you know, something with fiber before it, because having that mesh of fiber in your stomach before you put the carby thing on it can actually reduce your blood glucose spike by like 40%. And it also, wow. And Just it the order in which you eat you, your plate. Wouldn't you say it also prevents you from like eating more than you actually need? Yeah. So that's another, yeah, great benefit of eating your, your fiber thing first. 
Uh-huh. So it kind of fills what you up would a be bit. like, what's a, what's a good staple snack that, you know, you have a, 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 a what do you say? A fat fiber and protein? Fat fiber protein. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> what, what, what's a good snack that you just always go to? I mean, nuts have all of those th- three things in it. So those are great. My, my go-to snack right now is I'll have like a, a grass-fed meat stick yeah. and a handful of, of like hazelnuts or something. Or pistachios are actually my weakness right now. The salt vinegar pistachios are, oh, they're so good. Oh, That's my <laughs> gosh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to be careful with those now because nuts are very calorically dense. Absolutely. So like, yeah. How you stick much to... do you grab? Because like I could eat the whole bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I put some in my hand and then put the bag away. Okay. Okay. Got it. And, and, and you eat that with a meat stick. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Good to, good to know. You know, like I, I definitely would, I used to eat nuts all the time and then I just stopped Mm -hmm. just because like, I I don't know. It's just a, uh, yeah, I need to just put it in my hand and then just walk away from it. Cause like, it's not enough for me. Like I could just eat the whole bag. What's been really helpful for me and something that I learned to help with thyroid health and is the selenium that's in Brazil nuts. And those are so big that all I have three of those every morning before I have my coffee. Do you really? Because I just put them in a clear jar because it's easy. Like, and I don't want more than three. Like they're very And why are you eating? Yeah. Or why are you eating them before you drink your coffee? It's just to help. Like, because I'm always a little bit hungry before I have my coffee. And so it's something that just like satisfies me a little bit. And before I like get like, I don't want to get jittery with the coffee. Yeah. And it just has tons of selenium in it. And it reminds me, I put it next to my coffee pot so that I remember. It's almost like taking take a vitamin. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. And that's another one with Brazil nuts in particular. They are like the number one thing I think of when I'm trying to supplement with selenium stuff. But you can overdo it on, on Brazil nuts. So there is a level of toxicity if you were to sit down and like eat the whole jar. Uh-huh. So I don't recommend that. So eating three Brazil nuts is like the sweet spot. Okay. Okay. Look at you, Ash. I've been taught. I've been taught. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, okay. So we went, so we went through, you know, sleep, we went through movement and exercise, and then we went through nutrition. And I know we could talk about that forever, but I know that your time is valuable. So I don't want to keep you forever. What's, do we have a four and a five? Yeah. These ones are a little bit quicker, I think. So the, the next one is stress and resilience. So that's thinking about nervous system balance and um, making sure you're, like your HPA access is in, in the right balance. So um, things that you can do to help support that are, are mindfulness, yoga, deep breathing, you know, like yoga nidra before bed. But importantly too, is like taking a couple deep breaths before you sit down at your, your plate is really helpful because when you're, if you're eating on the go, then your body's not ready for food. It doesn't understand, like it's not prioritizing using food. So it might sit in your stomach longer. It might move right through your stomach. You're not going to be utilizing the nutrients as well as if you were to just sit down and eat your meal and like take a couple breaths, get into the rest and digest phase and then eat your meal. Wow. I'm doing this all wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I mean, it, it, at least one, at least one meal. I mean, you saw me right before the podcast. I was like shoving a meat stick down my, down my throat <laughs> and a veggie food couch. And I'm like, oh, that was me on the way over here. I was literally two chopsticks just right down. <laughs> so, okay. So, but you know, like, but that's real though, you know, Kara, like sometimes yeah. there, there, there are moments in our day where like, that just is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want anyone to think that you know, like, oh my gosh, like I do that for every meal or whatever. But like, if we can do yeah. that for at least one meal or two meals out of the day to practice or, that, like, or let's also, start there. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone starts at a different place, but also like if you're in the car with the chopsticks, like you can take a second there and just notice what you're eating and let your brain say, Ooh, yeah, this is going to be good. And you know, <laughs> And then, you know, turn your turn signal on and hop on the freeway. Yeah. But like, <laughs> if you do have to grab and go, you can still have that moment of like recognizing what you're doing because even just putting that moment of thought into what you're doing can help prime your digestive system to, to use your food better. Got it. Okay. So next time I'm in the car, I'm going to be like, mm, this meat stick yeah it's so good and my husband's gonna be like say what now <laughs> i'll never hear you say that about me no <laughs> okay i had to make one joke okay. you know <laughs> okay all right so the fifth one the fifth one is relationships so oh um, i didn't see yeah. that one coming I know. I know. It's a little bit of a left turn. And that's why I like to point it out too. And I don't, I mean, like this one's really personal to everyone as to what that means, but Mm -hmm. they say that like loneliness is akin to smoking like 10 pack years of cigarettes a day or something. It's like our brains are, are in our bodies respond better when we're engaged with people and when we feel that support system. So just making sure that you're taking time to you know, number one, do things that bring you joy because a lot of times those can get pushed to, to the bottom of the list and yeah. they really shouldn't be. Right. It, that's but also, so true. Yeah. Um, and making time for your family, for your friends and having that social outlet because our, our wellness kind of craves it. Yeah. Golly. Well, that's something that Ashton, like, that's that's what you preach like you are you you got that one down you got that one down but on the contrary like I did not I did I I know that that's important you know what I mean but I didn't know it was that important like enough to enough to even be a topic of discussion truly yeah and and I think that you know I think that for me personally like a lot of times I can feel like like I don't want to be around anybody. Do you know what I mean? But I know that I yeah. need it, but I don't want to be around anybody. You know, does that, does yeah. that make sense? And so then I'm, I, then I'm, I, I'm, I'm creating even more loneliness yeah. for myself yeah. and then feeling even worse. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah. But once it, that's, once that's like all you, you know, like I, in moments like this last year, I've experienced that more than ever. And right. just want to isolate yourself. Yeah. And then you get used mm-hmm. to that. And that's like, that's your new comfort zone rather than being around people. So that's just what yeah. you want to continue doing. To, is to be, that's your it, new right, zone. right, right. But it's, yeah. it's, and, it, and it's the same thing. I'm, it's got to be the same, like, you know, methodology or, 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 or like just a mental F 
as nutrition is and as exercise is like, you know, the longer we go without it, the more that we, it, it's hard to do it. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yep. Um, wow. That's, those are that's really, awesome. That's amazing. Five. I love that. It's like, you know, cause it is, that they're all equally important. Yeah. 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 I definitely didn't. I, you surprised me with your five. Like I thought that it was going <laughs> to, thinking about it it is it's a part of like social social health you know yeah. and like really it, it really is it's crazy yeah that's cool okay so we have just a couple questions that are there's a lot of them that we already answered just by you know just by talking um, yeah so do you have do you have just a few more minutes sure yeah okay 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 so what's I know one that was common that we receive a lot from our clients and now our listeners to menopause. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's just a, a hot topic. Um, how, so overall, how does menopause affect our metabolism? And also I'm going to tie this in so you can kind of, you know, you'll probably be able to include this in there too is um, so how does menopause affect your metabolism? And then how can your thyroid health affect menopause? And any tips to help with that of what could come with that? Sure. So menopause is a time when the ovaries like dramatically reduce their production of estrogen and progesterone. So both those sisters kind of step to the background a bit. Um, And that affects, I mean, everything from your blood vessels, your heart, your bone, you know, your brain, your skin. And everyone experiences menopause differently. Um, some people have really intense symptoms and some people are like barely touched by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thyroid has a lot to do with that. So um, <clears throat> I'll explain that a little bit more, but a good chunk of how you experience menopause is genetic. So if you want to like look into the crystal ball, if you haven't gone through menopause yet, just look at how your mom did during menopause and you'll get a good idea of, you know, kind of what you should be doing to support yourself through like through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, now, can I, can I interrupt for just a second? Uh, yeah. Would you, would, would you say that, let's say, you know, I'm looking at my mom and I saw how she went through menopause, but her health is just not the best. And she definitely could have done things differently. Mm-hmm. Would you say that, you know, I'm 30 years younger than her. Would you say that we can do things now to, maybe make that a little bit better in the future when you, when your time does come. Absolutely. Yeah. So you may have heard this before, but people say like genetics loads the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. So that's the one. I've never heard that, but I love (laughs) that. Golly, because so many people just like, are like, oh, well, you know, that's how my mom was. So that's how I'm going to be. And it's, it's genetics and, 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 and they just use that. They victimize themselves as that, as an excuse. And, and, and I'm a very tough love kind of person. Like, I'll just tell you like it is just cause I mean, yeah. it just, we need to hear those things sometimes like, Hey, yeah. you can't, you do have somewhat of control over this situation here. So absolutely. Th- yeah. So your genetics kind of predispose you to, you know, going through menopause a certain way, but what you can affect if those genes are turned on or turn off, turned off. Wow. So a lot of the menopausal symptoms specifically are related to thyroid and adrenals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of a complicated like feedback loops 
Yeah. And the, yeah. The fun thing about hormones is that there's like a bunch of hormones that their only job is to tell hormones to make other hormones. So it's super complicated. But basically, as the estrogen levels decrease during menopause, your your thyroid hormones change too. So your less estrogen means um, less thyroid home hormones that are available for use. Uh-huh. Um, and that's like, because your thyroid is responsible th for things like your energy, your metabolism, your temperature regulation. This is where we see a lot of those symptoms like fatigue, weight gain, hot flashes, mood swings, like kind of all the big culprits right, right. in making, you know, perimenopause and menopause, like such a bear to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, so supporting your thyroid can be a, re is a really good way to make sure that you can handle that change better. Right. And, and so, that's, so how do we, and, and the best way to support your thyroid is, is literally to basically control what you can control, which is what you do to your body. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In, in, it's in, it's in a very short, like, you know, sentence there or statement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's focusing on the basics, focusing yeah. on, you know, a nutrient rich diet, particularly important to get lots of fiber. Um, and flax seeds actually have a compound in them too, that are really supportive for your thyroid. So including flax seeds in your diet is going to really help support your thyroid. And then, you know, managing stress, exercise, sleep, all of those things. And then because the adrenals and the thyroid are so closely linked, you want to make sure that your adrenal health is in check too. And um, how do we, how do we do that? So that is a lot of stress management also. So okay. that okay. can be, that can be physiologic stress or psychological stress. Uh -huh. Your body responds to it the same way, right. whether you, you know, think that there's a bear you running or, you know, running behind you, or if the bear's just bitten off your leg, your cortisol levels are going to go up. Mm -hmm. Um, so helping to take off the burden of those additional stressors on your adrenals are going to help your thyroid kind of secondarily also. So when it comes to stress relief, um, I know you had already talked about this earlier in the podcast. And if people are like also trying to implement stress relief, what is like one of the top one to two supplements that you recommend to help support adrenals? Um adaptogens like ashwagandha are really okay. helpful. Um, there's also, I mean, there's probiotics are really important. Magnesium, fish oil, mm -hmm. selenium, zinc, methylated B vitamins. Um, mm. All of those are really important to make sure that your thyroid has all the building blocks that it needs to do its job properly. Cool. Cool. Um, so menopause, essentially, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen. You know, like we can't, yep. it's inevitable, right? But mm -hmm. there are things that we can do right now today to help make it a lot more manageable. And yeah, it's basically and with all the things that we we just talked about in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so exactly. That's, yeah, that's the perfect way to start. To, yeah. I just, I wanted to kind of, you know, wrap that question up with like, Hey, like, you know, we can't escape this, but we can do things to, to help make our symptoms a lot, a lot less manageable. Yeah. 
a lot, a lot yeah, more, more manageable. a lot more manageable. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> There's right. also things you can do to make them less manageable, but we typically want to stay away from those. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. This so the oh, sorry. No, where, did you? Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, I was just going to mention too that another important thing to do if you haven't gone through menopause yet is to track your hormone levels. Like, I wish it were a standard for everyone starting in their 30s to have routine hormone um, levels done because what like your numbers where you feel the best and where you're working the best is different from anyone else's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like the ranges of you know quote unquote normal are are crazy big like for men and testosterone the normal range is like 300 to a thousand um which doesn't make any sense <laughs> um and for, for women too, the ranges are just like huge to be, you know, quote unquote normal, but where you are um, feeling the best is going to be really personalized to you. So having those numbers are really going to help you if you, you know, when you do get postmenopausal, if you've done all of these things and decide that you want to go do some bioidentical hormone replacement or something, um, having the track, the track record is going to be uh, just a huge benefit to you. Right. So, so what, okay. So basically we don't really know like what a good level is just because it's so the, the range is so big. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's say, let's say that, you know, um, I, I have a client particular that, um, well, no, actually, no, she asked that question. She was wanting to know like, what she just had hers done and she was wondering to know like what what's a good what's a good range i don't know what's a good what's your good what's a good level um but let's say that you know and i thought of this client in particular because she asked this question like she does all the things like her nutrition is great you know she she strength trains she moves her body um you know but you know we could all be a little bit better at in in any area Mm -hmm. Now, let's say you are doing all the things, right? And you're still just not feeling the best. And this is, what do you recommend if someone is doing all the things and then they're still not feeling right? Like, what is the protocol for that? So the protocol is, I mean, the, the short answer is dig deeper. So this might be a time where you work with a practitioner to do some additional functional testing um, to, to try to dig and find out where the dysfunction is. If you've already, you know, brought any deficiencies up to sufficiency, if you've got all of those five areas into an, you know, reasonable spot, um, mm -hmm. then there might be something that's, that's out of whack that you need to uncover. And that can be a little challenging to do. Some functional tests will help you illuminate that but mm -hmm. you really have to work with somebody to do that who's practiced at doing things like that because it can get messy once you yeah. get past the basics i i i can't even imagine can you give can you give just like an example of something that you have dug deeper on and you've found and you were able to fix it um i mean the most common one that i find are like thyroid issues so they've been you know in resistant weight loss um, they've tried everything, they've done all the diets, they've exercised, and they're still not losing weight. But they come to me and I check the, you know, the correct thyroid um, labs, and 
uncovered that it's, you know, Hashimoto's because that's really commonly missed um, and it's increasingly prevalent. And this is someone and you're, and this is someone who is doing all the things, who has a solid foundation, who is in fairly good shape and they've, you know, are you, are you understanding like what I'm saying? Like, okay. And so it's been a thyroid issue is what you have found. Like that's the most prevalent one. And more, and more specifically, it was underlying autoimmunity because that changes the game a bit when you've got that autoimmune component. And what, what is the, what is the protocol for that? Um, I mean, the protocol is a little bit different for everyone, but it's really like kind of where I start with autoimmunity is working on eliminating some foods and stuff. Gluten is a big culprit. Yep. Um, And that one can be challenging for a lot of people because Mm -hmm. it can be a really big shift. Um, But that's often, you know, something that can kind of unlock the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then going deeper into food sensitivities and like either doing an elimination diet or some food sensitivity testing to make sure Mm -hmm. that the immune system is not, you know, overreacting to other things as well. Because when you have one autoimmune condition, you're much more likely to get another one. So you want to make sure that your immune system, you can keep it as balanced as you can and so that it doesn't, you know, start turning on other uh, uh, organs and areas of your body too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very, I'm so, so glad that like that we talked about that, but I cannot stress the importance enough if you are a listener and we haven't yet built that foundation. We haven't yet mastered the basics and just became brilliant at it and just are doing the things. Um, I can't stress enough that let's start there, you know, before, before we go ahead and slap a label on it and say, Oh, see, there it is. It's my thyroid. That's why this, (laughs) you know, that's why this weight gain came on and I'm just doomed. And you know, I, I, it, it, because I just, I see it over and over and over again. And I mm-hmm. just, I hate that when we haven't yet built the foundation first, like let's start there and then see if we need to dive deeper into this issue, yeah. you know, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and start eliminating things and stuff like that. Because, you know, uh, women that I talk to, you know, they'll be like, I know it's my thyroid, but I don't want to eliminate gluten. And I don't want, I want to, I want to be able to go out on date night and still, you know, and still eat cheese and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, great. You can, but let's, let, let's start here first before we start eliminating anything. And let's see how that pans out because right. it might yeah. serve you good, but it all depends on the severity of it, you yeah. know? Um, and I feel so like I, this is kind of where the 80, 20 rule comes in again too, is like yeah. fixing the basics helps about 80% of people clear up all their symptoms. Wow. So, yeah. And that's an estimation, but that's, I mean, that's right, kind sure. of what, yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So don't, don't automatically think that you're in the 20% group, but just start with the basics and see what happens. It's going to change yes. the internal terrain of your body. And a lot of things might just clear up once you clear up those things. And so you're saying, don't, don't say you're 20% if you haven't done the 80% yet. Exactly. So yep. Yeah, exactly. There's the mic drop. (laughs) No, that's just refreshing to hear because 
you know, I, 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 I truly like, I can't imagine, you know, what it's like hearing that you have thyroid issues from a doctor and who's wanting to prescribe you medication. And, you, and I mean, that, that's gotta be hard, you know, and you've gotta, it, it's got, you've gotta go down. I'm sure you go down into this deep slump and just think that you're, you know, you're doomed Yeah, and think that you've got to do this extreme route of elimination and stuff like that. When it's really just not, it's like, just, Hey, let's start with this 80% here. Like, like let's yeah. start with the basics and see, see where it takes us. And we might not even have to eliminate anything. Well, and the thing yeah. that's really, really cool. And if anybody's listening, you know, and, and does have any thyroid things, it's once you do master the basics. And once we did have to, I was kind of one of those with Hashimoto's a little bit worst case scenario with how my antibodies were so high. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did need to eliminate some stuff and I still am. And, but it made it literally, that was so not stressful because I had already developed the basics of just eating yeah. the right amount of protein and being consistent and that not perfect, but consistent. And that helped it to where taking away gluten and dairy, I still incorporate some dairy now, but taking away gluten, it really isn't that, that big, big of, of a, a mindset yeah. of a, of a yeah. shift. Right. And all you had to do is just add in some supplementations too. That was like, yeah. So, and that really, it's not, so it it becomes less of a big deal if you do have to go that route. It does. So it's not, that's all. Yeah. That's not, it's worst case scenario really isn't worst case once you develop the basics. So, so how long, how long would you say that we need to master the basics first before we explore a more intense avenue? Um, That's a hard question to answer because it depends on the person. It depends on what their version of mastering the basics looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on their willingness to change. Like if you have an autoimmune issue and you're not willing to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, cut out gluten, um, then that's going to affect, you know, everything, everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really have a good answer for that. It really depends. So when it comes back to your your statement about, you know, just just regularly getting labs, I know whenever we were talking about the menopause subject, how mm-hmm. often do you recommend just average somebody who has no health problems in the past, you know, just the average person, about how often do you recommend labs getting drawn? And then about, is there, especially for females, is there a time of month that you recommend us get our labs drawn? Yeah. So at a minimum, everyone should be getting their labs drawn once a year, just as a monitoring um, protocol. If you're tinkering with things, um, then you want to do it more often, kind of depending on what you're tinkering with. But it could be, you know, once every three or six months that you want to make sure that you're tracking the things that you're doing so that you're not doing a bunch of stuff and then tracking labs and you don't really know which one was making a difference. Yeah. So, um, and then if you are tracking hormone levels, the, what I, again, it depends a little bit on, on the problem that you're trying to optimize for, but in general, I like to recommend that women get their labs drawn on day 20 of their cycle. Um, that is when testosterone usually peaks, oh, sorry, progesterone usually peaks. And that gives us the the clearest picture of how the estrogen to progesterone ratio Mm -hmm. is acting because more important than, you know, any one of those, uh, individually is, is the ratio of estrogen to progesterone. Okay. 
Are, what are some signs that people could have just common signs that their progesterone is low? Um, there's a lot of nonspecific um, signs. And so pro low, symptoms of low progesterone are really symptoms of estrogen dominance because estrogen is like, you know, the, the mean girl sister. She's the one that's really in control. Um, so you might hear people talk about low progesterone as estrogen dominance, but it's, it's all stuff like fatigue, mood swings and anxiety, sleep disturbances, headaches, hot flashes, you know, hair loss, brain yep. fog, mm -hmm. irregular periods, water mm -hmm. retention. I mean, there's all sorts of different stuff that could be um, linked to estrogen dominance mm -hmm. and, um, Estrogens are a little bit tricky. There's estrogen is actually a class of a couple different kinds of estrogen, and they can they can flip forms. So she's she's a little bit of a shapeshifter. She can <laughs> <laughs> she can be friend or foe. She can be like cancer preventative or cancer protective. It can mm -hmm. you know make your mood more stable or turn you into a crazy person. So you know especially if you're thinking about hormone replacement, but also when you're thinking about um, estrogen dominance in like reducing your estrogens that you're getting from the world, um, you want to differentiate between the good forms of estrogen and the bad ones. Right. Okay. Okay. So how are we doing on time? Uh, good. We should probably wrap up here in a couple minutes, okay. but I do have yeah. a few more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about the pellets or the shots? for improving your testosterone or just, just any, any pellets or shots? Do you, are they, are they, are they BS or are they true? <laughs> um, I, th I think that that can be crap. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't personally do any of the hormone replacement stuff. So I'm not the one responsible for doing the pellets or the shots. Um, but my approach, you know, kind of consistent with what we've been saying is try the other things first. And if you still yeah. need testosterone replacement, then you can go down that Avenue. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean, building muscle, especially in your lower half of the body is going to help improve testosterone levels. There's, you know, there's a lot of other things that you can do that are going to enhance your testosterone. And I don't want people to just jump to getting a pellet or a shot before they've done the 80%, right. Kind of coming back to right. that too. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, all right. So I want to, I, I want to wrap this up because I, I want to respect your time and I swear we could talk, we could talk forever. We like, could talk like, forever. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so Kara, so tell me how, how can we, how can we find you? Um, what's your Instagram handle? Um, you know, and, and any last like final words of, of any women who, you know, who, who used to be in shape and then all of a sudden gained a lot of weight and they think that, you know, something's wrong with them. Like, what are your yeah. final words and how can we find you, um, on, on, on all avenues? Yeah. So I know that that can be a really frustrating thing for a lot of women, especially like forties and beyond when things change and the things that have been working for you for like years or decades, like aren't working anymore. So my, my recommendation is to just tr do your best to readapt and reassess. So just keep digging into what's working for you now and don't get mm -hmm. stuck in what worked for you when you were 30. Oh, praise. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
reaching. Yeah, it's okay. it's easy to easy to fall into those habits, but just yeah, try to reassess and reassess and readapt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how to find me, you, my website is MerrickFunctionalWellness.com and that my Instagram handle is the same at Merrick Functional Wellness. It's M-E-R-A-K Functional Wellness. Um, and then, yeah, hope, hopefully I'll be on more podcasts. You can, um, you'll Please. be able to sign up yes. for my newsletters and, and yes. work with me. I'm, yeah, accepting new clients right now too. So if you, if there is a listener who wants to work with me specifically, yes. um, I do have some availability right now to do that with a few extra cool. people. Amazing, Kara. Like this is, this has really been super, super refreshing to hear, mm -hmm. um, reassuring on Ashton and I's end yeah. too, like just in how we coach and our methodology of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also like learning a lot of, yeah. I learned a lot, Me too. you know, like this and, 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 and I've been, I've been around for a while. Like right. I've been in this industry <laughs> for a really long time. And I, it, this, this was very, um, eye opening for me. So like, if I, you know, I, it, this was, this was amazing. And we definitely have to do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah. From the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. You're amazing. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I feel the same way about you guys. And, and thanks for uh, allowing you, me to how come did teach. You find, how did you find us? I like to listen to a lot of different podcasts. Kind of learning is my comfort zone, as you yeah. may not be surprised to know at this point. But um, <laughs> so I like to I like to dabble around and I heard you guys and I just I felt like it was a really safe place to come and talk to you about, you know, functional medicine and how I believe healthcare should be and where it's going. And, Oh, golly. I love that. I love you. Can we, I think we might, I think we all might have just become best friends. I think so. <laughs> so truly, seriously, thank you so much for your time. I know we kept you way longer, but this is just, you know, like, this is what we're so passionate about. And like, if, if the more we can spread the word, like the better. So truly thank yeah, you. Thank ditto. you. Thank you. And let's do this again, please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it again. I'm on board. Okay. All right, Kara. Right, I appreciate you. We'll talk you to you too. soon. All right. Bye. Bye.